Welcome to Process This, a podcast for the sterile processing community. Isham invites you to log on, listen, and learn twice a month. Now it's time to process this with your host, clinical educator, John Wood. Welcome, Isham Nation, to the Process This podcast. This is episode number 36. As always, we have a great show for you today. Today, we're speaking to Sarah Cruz and talking about her role as an educator in sterile processing. Now, if you've listened to the past few episodes of this show, you know that Great Expectations is the theme for this year's Isham Annual Conference and Expo. Along with Great Expectations, you should expect great education. The 2021 Isham Annual Conference and Expo will feature leaders in sterile processing and beyond, all speaking on topics that will advance your career development and improve efficiencies and training within your department. So join me either October 9th through the 11th or the 12th through the 14th in Columbus. So last episode, I talked about one of my favorite things about going to the conference, and that's trying different foods that are in the area. Well, I found a few more places that look interesting, so let's explore a few more ways to satisfy your appetite. Now, first on the list, and probably the first place I'll seek out once the plane hits the land and sea bus, is Jenny's Splendid Ice Cream. Jenny's ice cream shops are like no other, with flavors like wildberry lavender and brambleberry crisp. There's no chance that you're going to find anything better elsewhere. While Jenny's does have locations outside of Ohio, you can thank Seabus for starting it there. Next on the list is the North Star Cafe. Now I'm told if you've never eaten a North Star burger, then you're kind of missing the whole point of Columbus. But besides offering this totally sustainable, organic, vegetarian sandwich, North Star has tons of other healthy and delicious food options. Most menu items can be served vegan, and you can order even a thin crust pizza as well. So North Star Cafe has something for everyone. Next on the list is the North Market. Now, this is not a restaurant, but a marketplace where you can roam around and experience the city. This place is for all those hipsters out there, The North Market is located in the Hip Arts District, the Shorts North. Now this market carries tons of merchants who serve everything from Indian food to sushi. This market also sells artisan goodies from brewers to bakers. So if you're down, this is the one for you. Now if you're looking for a low-key place to grab a bite, check out the Brown Bag Deli. This German village joint offers classic sandwiches and sammies. You can customize your own meal any way you like. The sandwiches can be filled with killer items such as cranberry mayo, bacon, and roasted veggies. Vegan sandwich options are readily available. There's no shame in brown bagging it. Now, because this is my show, if we're going to begin with a dessert, we're definitely going to end with one. Now, in the North Market, you're going to find a place called the Taste of Belgium. So if you're in the mood for yummy waffles with strawberries and cream or bananas and Nutella, look no further. But if you're like me and Nutella's not your thing, no worries. 
they've got chicken and waffles, so I'm all in. So join me for chicken and waffles in your favorite conference city, Columbus, Ohio. And make sure to tune in next episode for more fun facts about Columbus. Well, Lisham Nation, it's been a while since we've had this segment on the show, so let's not waste any more time and let's get into what's on my mind. So I have a cell phone or a supercomputer at my fingertips, and like most of you out there listening to this show, I'm on social media in one form or another, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Now, there are lots of outlets out there, you know, that allow you to express your opinion, really connect with others, and, and ask questions. I've noticed a trend that's a little disturbing. There are folks out there taking pictures of instrumentation, posting them on whatever outlet, and then asking folks how to clean and sterilize that instrument. You know, and then we have folks responding with information that who knows if it's correct. Nobody knows, right? They're just responding with information out of the air. My fear is that folks are taking these answers as truth. You know, using these social media outlets as a source of truth. Now, if you're one of these folks, you know, I've got some oceanfront property in Arizona. I'm really trying to part with it. Give me a call. Let's make a deal. It's ridiculous. Now, don't get me wrong. I really don't have an issue if you're snapping a picture of an instrument that's really older, just simply asking somebody, hey, do you know the name of this or the manufacturer where it came from? You know, that's fine. Uh, But if you're asking folks for cleaning and sterilization information, you know, that needs to come from the manufacturer. You know, we need those IFUs, right? We don't need some random in a blog you belong to with folks that may not even be in sterile processing or someone who's really just trolling, you know, and and enjoys giving misinformation, right? We need the source of truth and we need to seek out the manufacturer. Now, sometimes it takes some time, right? It's not always easy to get the correct information. In fact, I remember one time that it took me like two or three weeks to get an IFU for an instrument. Now, this was some really obscure company that made... And I'm, I'm not joking. It made one surgical instrument. I'm not kidding. They made one instrument and they did other things like basket weaving or something. I, I don't really don't really even know. But it had nothing to do with medical or healthcare medical devices. You know, I think that maybe they worked one day a month and then they went and sold T-shirts on the beach or something. It was it was crazy. But I finally got the IFUs, the real instructions. You know, even then I had my doubts, you know, was this company even legit, right? But they were, they, they had the one instrument. Well, if I had just dropped it, you know, if I had just given up and sterilized it, just like everybody wanted me to, or just how everybody thought it should be sterilized, you know, then I would be doing it incorrectly, just like everyone before me. So don't be that guy, you know, seek out the real source of truth. And that's not going to be on social media. Find out those instructions for use. Find out how to properly clean and sterilize your instruments. You know, you got to put in the work, 
right? Your source of truth when it comes to IFUs, again, should not be social media. You're better than that. So just something to think about. And that's going to wrap it up for this segment of What's On My Mind. Sarah Cruz is a CSPDT and CRCST and Quality Education Program Development Coordinator for Sterile Processing. As a Sterile Processing Education Coordinator, she creates and institutes an educational program in sterile processing departments. This includes, but not limited to, the formation of programs that onboard new employees, develop competencies, certify staff, develop lean processes and improvements, and implement standards of best practice and professional practices. Sarah strives to develop sterile processing industry professionals and best practices through writing and speaking. Her dedication to the profession continues as the creator and president of Pre-Treat CSS LLC, a platform used to teach, guide, and develop sterile processing technicians. Now, she does this through tangible actions and physical indicators of success. Sarah knows that sterile processing is an excellent profession to develop into a career. She vocalizes her passion through published articles in social media, mentorship, and public speaking. As an industry expert, she is passionate about her message, put the CSS in success. Sarah, thank you for joining the Process This podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be a part of the show. Sarah, you are intimately involved with education and the development of sterile processing professionals. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do on a day-to-day basis? Yes, I am Sarah B. Cruz, CRCST, CSPDT, Quality Education Program Development Coordinator, and all of those are just a bunch of words for CSS nerd extraordinaire. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I love what I do, and I have been in the industry for just a little bit over 10 years. I started in veterinary medicine and transitioned to the wonderful world of central sterile or sterile processing. And in my current role, I work to develop an onboarding program, certification pathways, career ladders, lean processing, And my favorite part about what I do inside and outside of work for the sterile processing industry is offer professional development. And that is my favorite. When you reach this point in your sterile processing profession and you're ready to onboard into your career, I am there for you. And I do that alongside of my CS manager and trying to alleviate a lot of the pressures he faces with his very full plate of responsibilities. So the manager and I collaborate to make sure that we have not only the hard skills that our technicians need, but the soft skills to help them thrive and feed back to our industry. So from our previous conversation, you've mentioned changing the mentality in sterile processing from being more than just a job, but intentionally making sterile processing a career. Can you explain to our listeners and really talk about some of the strategies that you've used in that process? Yes, I think the biggest word you said in that question, John, was intentional. And I'm actually going to answer the question with that word. What does it mean to be intentional? That means you're dedicating time, action, and education to your professional development. 
Okay. And with intention comes actionable steps or physical indicators of success. So me personally, I work on developing soft skills. And those are the interpersonal skills that relay myself within my profession and don't keep me limited to my hard skills or technical abilities. Um, I try to overcome vagueness in my professional development by using techniques like check out to check in, where I make sure that I'm completely present. Um, I use objective-driven goals where I give my vision real staying power because a vision without a goal is just a wish. And smart objective styles where I objectively plan for completion and set real tangible goals. So does making still processing a career mean that every technician should strive to be in a leadership position? Uh, so in short... No, not, <laughs> not, not at all. Yeah, and I, I, it's so discouraging because I feel like there's so many people that want to become leaders that don't know how to become leaders, or there's individuals who feel like they have to become leaders in order to professionally develop. So I love that you asked this. That's awesome. Uh, a career mentality simply means that you're ready to professionally develop and to put dedicated, intentional time aside to do just that. That doesn't mean you have to become a manager or a supervisor. It just means that whatever you're doing to develop professionally, it has to serve your end goal or your purpose or your why. And you're not limited to that one expression. You know, you may start as a tech one and develop into a tech three and just become somebody that's really great with the tracking system. Maybe you're the person that is the expert with trauma trades. All of these things are so important to a department and the thriving industry that we work in without that leadership title or the additional responsibility. So listen, if you don't want to be a leader, that's totally fine because you are just as valuable and absolutely necessary. So what can sterile processing professionals do to set themselves up for success? Um, I think the first step is to figure out what success means you. And I kind of alluded it to it in the last question. Um, you have to define your why. And your why is your purpose. It's going to be the big pat on the back with your own hand. Because when you're out there trying to develop professionally and make a name for yourself in whatever capacity that that looks like, you are going to be your biggest fan. And your why is going to be the purpose that drives you going to be the reason why you put up with that one frustrating coworker, or why you go into work early when somebody else calls out and you have to be resolute in that and if you're not then your why isn't serving you if you're going to set yourself up for success try to figure out if passion drives you core values profession mission vocation really have that honest assessment with yourself to figure out what's going to keep you moving so you work with technicians day in and day out how do you keep technicians and sterile processing motivated and engaged every day so working with technicians every day on their professional develop and their hard skill development is my one of my favorite aspects of the job. I am not beneath going into decon, grabbing an instrument set, 
helping them load a sterilizer for a stat turnover. I'm still very much involved with the frontline aspect of these technicians, and that really helps keep them engaged when they see leadership actively involved in the tasks that they are charged with daily because they see me living the action steps and the expectations with them. I use actionable steps or physical indicators of success to keep them motivated and engaged because it's letting them know exactly what I need from them. And it almost helps them create their own mental checklist. So I actually describe a few of these uh, motivation and engagement in some of my articles that I write. Um, I really try to encourage democratizing passion in the workplace. So it's not just one person's job to make sure everybody's involved really teaching them how to be unapologetically authentic, where they use honest assessment to show up and check in and not just show up and offer themselves in a way that makes them unaccountable. I recently wrote an article on how to seek professional advice, whether you need to have an opinion or a recommendation. And these are all different soft skills that help them really develop the way that they want to present themselves by creating that buy-in they are not only physically performing their job, but they're mentally involved with their actions. Sterile processing is ever-changing. And I think an integral part of sterile processing is being able to adapt to those new changes and processes. How do you go about introducing changes or new processes and really getting that all-important buy-in? Yes. So these, all the questions are stringing so nicely together because I definitely talked about buy-in briefly in the last one. Um, buy-in is this concept that everybody not essentially agrees with what you're saying, but is ready to give it an honest try to see if it works. Okay. And what is it? It is a process improvement. It is a new instrument. Um, it is welcoming the new employee. So buy-in overall within the department is the key term. And when we're introducing changes and new processes, we have to make sure that we take into consideration everyone that's involved. Notice how I'm saying we, okay? So a lot of the times before I even roll out a process improvement, I try to get the overall opinion of the department before I even put it out there because that's going to definitely change how I present it to them, you know? I have to make sure that it serves Heather's need for support in leadership. I have to make sure that it serves, uh, you know, the second shift in the way that it helps the third shift. And all of those factors are so important. And a big tip I found with introducing new processes is to actually find the person who doesn't like it the most and get them actively involved in it. So, so if you're introduced, yeah, and it, it's so perfect. So I just recently worked on a process improvement that includes using email and interfacing on the computer. And we all know that there is the tech savvy technician. Everybody has one who's a whiz on the computer and can fix any zebra printer that jams and doesn't want to print your labels. <laughs> but it's finding that one technician who actively avoids checking their email every day and having them describe what they need to make sure this process is important. Because then you're going to hit the exact marks where processes fail. So if a process isn't essentially easy and it faces a lot of hiccups within the first week it comes out, it's never going to stick. So by getting the person involved that may face the most challenges with it, 
you overcome a lot of your initial hesitations and limitations to the process improvement. So culture is extremely important in the healthcare facility and especially in the sterile processing department. What things do you do to help cultivate a positive working environment or culture? You know, I think culture is a really hot word from 2020 and 2021. I know we've always talked about culture, but we never really explored it. Well, I never appreciated how much the industries explored it until about 2020 when everything about culture changed, mm-hmm. right? COVID really shook everything up that we thought was the norm. And culture is the direct personification of the presentation of our normal or normalcy within a certain area. So I'm grateful that COVID has highlighted this need to personify culture and really dive into it. Because when we look at culture inside a working environment or in a a facility, it doesn't just describe positivity or the mentality of the technicians or the way that leadership talks about opportunities. You know, culture really dives deep into that hum of the facility. So some things that I do to help cultivate a positive work environment is to make sure that our team with the CS manager are working towards a similar vision, a goal, a task. When everybody is involved in reaching end goals and there's transparency in that, it really helps onboard people or create buy-in into the process. And the best way to cultivate the type of culture you want is to get everyone involved. You can't just say, well, we want everybody to be positive at work. Here's A, B, C, D. If you didn't get everyone involved in creating the department's culture or changing the department's culture, all you have is a really nice outlined list of what you wish your department looked like. Okay. (laughs) Right. So um, just some physical indicators of success for that, just because I'm all about the action steps. You know, pull a small group if you're interested in finding out what your department culture currently is. Do a small survey. You can offer a $5 gift certificate to Dunkin' Donuts or just a $5 gift certificate to get a general feel of where everybody's at. So if you're getting low scores in certain areas, those may be areas you have to address in your cultural development, you know. So in order to create the positive work environment, figure out where you are culturally in your department, then build your end goal, and then build the objectives in between to to meet that. And get everyone involved. Sarah, last question. Do you have any tips on how to make sterile processing fun? Oh, yes. Okay. So part of my favorite aspect of Pretreat CSS is that, you know, I'm here to educate, motivate, and have a little fun while we onboard into our professional development. Becoming a sterile processing technician was such a pivotal point in my professional life that it has literally changed my life completely. I don't even know who I was professionally over 10 years ago because I'm not doing anything similar to that. So I want to make sure that everybody has that same type of experience where sterile processing really can be your next big thing. And it might be your next big thing to your next big thing. But if you're in sterile processing right now, it can be fun. Okay. So one of the ways that I make sure I'm having fun at work, we'll start at work because everybody wants to, you know, have fun at work. That's where we get paid. Is we, you know, we want to make sure that we're actively involved with our day. 
Okay, the workday is so slow when you're just trying to find ways to do nothing. And I know that sounds like such a, a leadership answer where it's like, oh, if you want to have fun, make sure you work harder. <laughs> I'm not saying work harder, but find something you enjoy at work. You know, if you're in decon and you're not partial to decon, find a great radio station that you like. Get hyped about being in decon because you get to listen to your radio, you know, or if you're not partial to picking case carts and, you know, you're really anxious about soft supply issues. Find some way to make it feel like you're going to the grocery store. And these all sound extremely corny, but that's me. And I make a lot of dad jokes too. But <laughs> these little tips are going to help you get through your day. And when you're ready to not just get through your day anymore, start to personally invest in the space that you're assigned to in your sale processing department. That's where your professional pivot starts. When you start to personally invest yourself in the overall quality of case cards, of decons, that's when you're investing in your own professional development and you're shifting from a job mentality to a career mindset. So if you're ready to have fun at work, find little things that get you through the day. And if you're ready to have fun in your professional development, find ways that you feel good about the product that you kick out. Because Lord knows you're doing over 100 sets in a week, right? Sometimes it feels like in a day. So you might as well find some type of joy in it. Well, Sarah, thank you for sharing with us today. It was a pleasure to speak with you. Yes, John, thank you so much for having me. It's my honor to reach out to all of our CS colleagues and be a part of their professional adventure. They're the real MVPs. Thank you again, Sarah, for speaking with us today. Isham Nation, Isham is pleased to announce the unveiling of its new column entitled, I Am Sterile Processing. This new column will be in the May-June issue of Process Magazine. Now, Sarah, who we just spoke with, will be serving as our columnist. Isham looks forward to highlighting many passionate sterile processing professionals from all titles and all tenures just like you, who step up every day in the name of quality, customer service, and patient safety. So check out the new column titled, I Am Sterile Processing. Isham Nation episode 36 is in the books. Thanks for listening to the show. To receive the CE for this episode, simply click on the link in the episode notes, fill out the required information, and select the code Taste of Belgium. Again, the code for this episode is Taste of Belgium. Remember, keep an ear out for the next episode, always on the 1st and 15th of every month. Each episode's on demand, so when you're ready for us, we'll be there for you. As always, stay classy, Isham Nation, and we'll see you next time. Music